With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Video podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey, and I'm joined and being already uh, verbally harangued by the Liverpool legend that is Jan Malby as we record another episode of Malby on the Spot for your delectation, thanks to Anfield Index Pro. And I'm really looking forward to this one because we actually get to talk about doing a win, which is wonderful. Uh, but before that, we have a little bit of inside baseball to get out of the way because after an entire series of Borgen, Jan, I have learned one word, tack. So I know how to say thank you. I do not know, like a good Irish boy, how to say please. And I'm going to need it tomorrow um, because I'm heading off to Copenhagen. So could you please tell me how to say please? Well, to be fair, tack gets you a long way. Uh, good, good. Because, you know, every time you go to the bar and you order a couple <laughs> yeah. of cold shoe balls and you just go tack. Uh, so please, we, we, we don't have a word that directly translates Okay. Uh, to please, uh, so. Vasco. Okay. That sounded like Rasco. No? Trevor. Yeah. Should I give you one piece of advice? Yeah, go on. Use please. <laughs> safer. What's safer? <laughs> Mate, we just. I've just come off the back of verbal abuse, and here we go again, more verbal abuse. Trevor, I'm, we, we, I'm tr- we need yeah. to be razor sharp 24 hours a day, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you used the word please and tack, you, you'll go a long way. Well, do you know what, to be fair, I, I had already said it to you. I have, like, languages are my thing, and I have sat down and tried to listen to Google Translate versions of of Danish and I can't get my head around the, the, the shape of the words on the page versus the noises that are coming out of people's mouths so it's obviously a tricky one and um, probably best left uh, to the two that you've suggested so I'll go with that um, the, Danes, the Danes will be all over you Trevor speaking English to you you know what I mean and when they discover that you're from the beautiful island of Ireland the Republic you can't go wrong well, let's hope so. Let's hope so, my friend. Um, we have, like I said, uh, the joyous uh, occasion of a Liverpool win to speak about. Um, however, since we last spoke, um, there has been a, a, a very abject defeat as well, which made that win all the more surprising and enjoyable and all the rest of it. We also had the framing of it in the context of uh, some old heads returning to the fold, not quite ready to start in some cases or all cases, but nonetheless still there and back in the squad and making it look a little bit more like a Liverpool squad. So um, I'm very wary of false stones, Jan, and there are an awful lot of narratives around this particular um performance and game and result and we should start with the big headline story because again it goes to your area of expertise which is the middle of the park and this young kid who stepped up to the plate in a way that I don't think many people fully expected I think an awful lot of people were half expecting he might get rested Jan um, because of being taken out of the fire line and the pressure of, of Liverpool not being what they're supposed to be and how can you put all this pressure on one kid. Um, to say that he coped admirably would be an understatement. And I, I think finally 
a few of us who have been very cautious and wary about overpraising or labeling too much or burdening the kid too much, you can finally say, well, look, we've been able to see lots and lots of good things. But if you can do that and keep your head in that way and play with that sort of cold bloodedness in the heat of battle in a Merseyside derby, you might be the full package. You might be well on your way. Where do you where do you find yourself landing in terms of attributing credit for that performance and what he's done so far? Well, well, well obviously his his memories of playing in Liverpool's first team have been pretty miserable so far. Mm. Uh, you, you know because of the results, and I guess that's would have been the one reason where you think maybe the time's come to leave him out because he's been part of you know. Uh, some some away defeats and disappointing display against Chelsea at home or whatever, isn't it? But and and, and last night uh, slightly different role because Fabinho was back in, so he pushed pushed on a little bit further in an, in an eight role. But he, he, he looks a real player. Uh, I saw a little bit of the interview after the game. They made a big thing out of his uh, the fact that he likes to tackle, but I, it's, that will never be his game. His, his game will always be about his ability. To great time and space to be able to play, you know. So he's done exceptionally well. Uh, I, I come back to what we spoke about before: is that without some injuries to senior players and without some loss in form, where would he have been? Because it wasn't somebody. Yes, it was somebody people were talking about, but people weren't talking. This, this guy's going to be involved with the first team imminently. Uh, so he's been given a little bit of a, a chance through the back door, which he's took. He's, he's now a permanent fixture. Uh, yeah, and that's the phrase right there, a permanent fixture and on merit. Um, and you look around the current midfield um, uh, crew and even if everybody was fit, um, yes, probably Thiago comes back in. But does Bastic keep his place ahead of um, Henderson or Fabinho on, uh, on form? The answer is yes, on, on reputation and in, in, in Klopp loyalty terms. Who knows what will happen there? Um so that's quite a place for him to be. And I'm wondering, as you throw your your mind back over previous Derby's money, which you've obviously played in, can you think of a young fella coming through in that kind of way and having so much assuredness about the performance in a Derby match like that, where they're notoriously heated affairs? I mean, I'm trying to think back. I'm thinking of Stevie Gerrard, who was always a loose cannon in his early days in Derby's, <laughs> even into his later days. Um are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I'm trying to think what Robbie Fowler did in his in his first couple of derbies. I'm I'm trying to think even back to, for example, I think weren't you weren't you kind of 1920 in your Ajax era as well, coming in there into a really a team with a this world class fella beside you, where you could easily feel intimidated with all these wonderfully high level uh, footballers all around you. Talk to me about what that's like. Uh, have you any memories of people putting in performance like that? What was it like for yourself coming into a big team like that? Well, I, I was just doing exactly the same as you was doing, as you said. Can you remember anyone else? And I was going through them. I mean, obviously, the, when the likes of Robbie Fowler or Steve McManaman or whoever made their debuts in the derby, I would have been there. But I don't recall anything. You go, wow, uh, mm. that was exceptional uh, from a personal point of view. You know, our big game when, when I played in the Netherlands was obviously Ajax Feyenoord. Uh, I wouldn't say I have. We have some great memories of scoring a four-one defeat in in Rotterdam, Trevor. Well, what do you make of that then? Hey, it's not bad, is it? Razor sharp, yeah. Razor sharp, Trevor. On a, unbelievable! What a goal! You can see it on YouTube. Uh, no, so I am struggling a little bit. I, I, I thought the kid really did well, and uh, you know, being interviewed after as well, he speaks the language now. He's been here for for a little while, and he just looks like 
sometimes you just look at people, don't you? And you go, the whole package appeared to be to be right. You know, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders, isn't he? And he's he's a, he's a good footballer, and he looks like physically, which was the one thing that when you looked at him, you thought he might struggle a little bit, isn't it? But that was a bit big centre midfield. He was up against Everton. They had some big boys in there, isn't he? And then he coped. So no, we, we we have to go back a long time, and we have to really think to find uh, such a short performances in in such a big game. Yeah, and that, if nothing else, is testament to the kid and, and a credit to him. I, I I wonder, is it was it a factor of the of of an awful lot of other um, elements of the team clicking in as well? I mean, he had ahead of him um, on either flank and straight ahead of him some dynamic movement in in the form of of Salah, Gakpo, uh, who we'll come to in a minute. We'll spend some time on Cody uh, and Darwin Nunes, who who was was a threat all night and whose uh, pace and delivery led to the breakthrough goal. Um, and also the likes of Andy Robbo and Trent putting in good performances more like themselves um, uh, on either flank. Uh, uh, I'd like to say the defence was comparatively untroubled. I thought Joe Gomez did pretty well, but to be honest, Joe Matt about a few shaky moments, but it's just everything didn't really pose much of a threat. I mean... Allison saves don't no no saves of note really spring to mind, which is very unusual. Um, so we obviously restricted their um, attempts on goal massively. Um, do you think it was a, a, a function as well for Basic of a lot of other elements of the team sort of clicking back into something like not saying they're back to their level, but something like what their level is? Yeah, I I don't think we're when when they are levels and that's the player's own fault, isn't it? because of the levels and the standards they've set themselves uh, so we're, we're nowhere near that but of course as a I mean if you like it a bit to when, when Robbie Fowler made his debut also in a team that was you know a, a team who'd done really well in the past together and that was struggling at that time uh, you still need some help you can't come in and do it on your own no, Robbie Fowler wasn't against uh, it wasn't against uh, Everton it was Fulham and Grimsby and whatever they were his early games weren't they but so you need a bit of help and he got some help last night from people who were playing playing better last night than they'd done for a couple of weeks isn't it uh, but I thought we would do okay in that we're at home we're still a handful at home aren't we uh, you know we still look at a reasonable Premier League team at home isn't it so yeah but it's impossible for him to come in and do what he does on his own he needed help isn't it so you know Mo, Mo looks sharp and better and appeared that he was a little bit further in from the line than what we normally see. Nunes, you correctly pointed out, he's just always a handful, isn't he? He's always, I thought he did really well for the goal because I'm, I was not sure he had that in him, you know, to run the half the length of the pitch. And then I'm thinking, has he got the pass in him or is he just going to run as fast as Everton allow him, isn't he? And he played that pass at the right time, isn't he? So there was a lot of things that, there was a lot of things in that performance that helped people play well individually. I wonder was one of those um, things that helped us play uh, well individually, the fact that perhaps the, our opponents on the night were not the threat that we feared they might be. There was a bit of a bounce back for Sean Dyche in his first game where they certainly ma- managed to, 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 to play to a high level against an Arsenal side and get a win um, that m- nobody would really have expected, even with a new manager bounce. But most of that dynamism cohesiveness especially in midfield seemed to be missing last night there was no real evidence of it I didn't think in terms of being a threat to us do you think is there probably more problems there um, with the the, the, the the playing staff and possibly the legacy of whatever it was that Lampard has instilled there um, that Sean Dyche is going to have to deal with is, is was, was that a factor the fact that they are actually just not an impressive side very much Despite the fact that they have good players, Jan, playing in a in a in a in a manner that reflects where they are in the league, very much so. Uh, Trevor, I, I do feel that Everton at the moment are probably not capable of gaining points in the Premier League away from Goodison. I think they desperately need Goodison. Uh, they need that atmosphere. They need to feel that they're at home uh, and everybody in the ground is supporting them uh, away from home. They've been lousy all season. Uh, and I thought, you know, again, it's a bit of both, isn't it? They were poor uh, against us. I, I, I looked at Everton and I 
for all the money in the world, it could have been Frank Lampard still in charge of that team. I, I, I didn't see anything specific, Sean Dice, uh, about about that team. But I still think that with what they've got, and you mentioned before, they've got better players and the way they're playing there. I still think that there's other teams that wouldn't be more. So I think they might just be right, uh, all right. And I think I think we've got a few more Merseyside Davis to look forward to. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Um, looking at um, just one or two other um, uh, bits of fallout, uh, pre-game, obviously, there was a lot of uh, negativity and, 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 and nastiness and edgy uh, press conferences before and after the previous game, which was quite an abject defeat. Um, I hadn't spoken to you. Um, I was sadly... Uh, of dealing with family stuff um, last week about so I, I didn't really get your take on that but it was getting quite poisonous Jan um, I, 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 again I don't know how insulated you are by the fact that you don't dip your toes into that social media thing at all um, or if you were able to pick up on it if it was a thing that was sort of on the ground locally or you were hearing it amongst friends but there was certainly a very poisonous sort of atmosphere divisive people taking camps based on which players they liked and whether Klopp should walk or shouldn't walk we got the crazy levels with it um, and obviously sensible people were all thinking just calm down um, you know but the, some of the things the manager said himself didn't really help if we're being perfectly honest um, the reaction he had for example to, 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 to James Pierce managed to motivate an awful lot of media stuff against him because the lads sort of circle the wagons when one of their own gets a bit um gets a nip you know um from a from a sarcastic manager so we had that sort of very toxic atmosphere and then the opposite almost happened Jurgen came out and gave this sort of rallying performance in his um pre-match press conference where he was remarkably upbeat and saying look everything is my fault it's all on me if you back me and it was all the kind of things that we normally associate with Jurgen almost as if the little break that he had gotten sort of energized them um it seems simplistic but is something like that possible that he could have said you know what lads fuck off for two days I don't want to look at your faces uh take two days off he went for his few walks in the beach, kind of got his head back together and maybe isn't quite as in a dark spot as he was. Uh, it seems simplistic. Is that possible? Yeah, I think it is possible. Right. Uh, but, but obviously, uh, there's nothing that would work every time because then mm. everybody would do it, wouldn't they? So it's all of it, you know, from, from individual to individual. But let's start with some of the things you mentioned that question. is. I mean, first and foremost, the, the press conference and the thing with James Pierce, Klopp was out of order. I think he knows that. Uh, because and, and and I heard a lot of people saying I even listened I think to, to to Martin Keon on radio and saying hello I'm here to annoy you I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL index we don't just have the Anfield index stuff we've got EPL index as well which covers the entirety of the Premier League and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, the, the, the James Bears have written something n- nasty and personal about Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. James Bears is a bigger Liverpool fan as you're going to get. Uh, the story is a bit more complicated than that. Uh, it had more to do with the, the, uh, the people that he writes for, the Athletic, instead of anything that James had written is uh, and then this kind of thing, I don't want to see you guys for at least four to eight hours. I think I've been there myself, both as a manager, but also as a as as, as a coach saying that to us, do me a favour, go away. I don't want to see you. Uh, and then it's it's kind of, so what do you do with that time yourself? Uh, because it's pretty easy for you then still to be caught up in it all, isn't it? 
But we're led to believe that they had some long walks along Formby Beach. Absolutely nothing wrong with Formby Beach. You can walk there forever and ever. He might have clearly said. Uh, and I guess after those 48 hours, it sounds like he's probably spoken to. It's always like who motivates the motivator, isn't it? Uh, and, and I guess Jurgen would have then spoken to to some of the, I guess, some of the Americans in, in, in the background. And they'd have a little chat and go, you know, listen, we're up for a rebuild. You're up for a rebuild. Let's give that impression to the people that we're up for this, you know, and, and that, that we're together. Uh, and then we've got the positive sort of press conference leading up to the game. We've got a positive performance. And uh, beyond that, I can't really say much, Trevor, because I don't know where we go from here because our next game is Newcastle away and our next game in the Premier League is Crystal Palace away. And we spoke about Everton being lousy away from home. We haven't been much better. Uh, so I don't know where we're at. I was very impressed when we when we beat Manchester City one at Anfield earlier on the season. I thought, here we go. Uh, then we had a couple of wins after the World Cup against Aston Villa and Leicester. I thought, here we go again. I, I generally don't know. Uh, does it feel different? It does feel different. Is that enough to go to Newcastle? Well, I guess we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah, it, it is. You do find yourself being where you get about getting too high on the back of that performance because of the things you've said there. And, because of the nature of the season so far, which has been entirely unpredictable and uh, uh, relentlessly disappointing just when you think a corner is turned or there might be some signs. But I guess there are little things, like we said, we've touched on some of them already. Goals for uh, Mo and Cody will come to him right now just before we finish with the game. Uh, the Bacetic performance, um, the clean sheet, um, the little things, you know, these are intangibles in a way but Klopp going to the crowd the three fist uh, fist bump t- type things you know these are little things that are part of the Klopp era and it's nice to see them back in situ um, and one of the things that we were all waiting for and it was getting painful uh, for no doubt for the kid himself more than anything but for all of us as fans um, especially when it came to the really pointed fact of the expenditure uh, on the player uh, when nobody else was bought for the area that everybody thinks somebody should have been bought for. With Cody Gakpo, all our money went on him. And so there was a great expectation on him. And it seemed as if he was being forced into uh, a, a round hole as a square peg by Jurgen, um, which isn't atypical for the manager. And it was very frustrating, left, right and centre. But I thought he did really well in the lead up to his goal last night. It looked like he was enjoying his game. And after he got the goal, he looked like a giant all of a sudden for about 15, 20 minutes, like totally energized by it. At one stage, burned off, I think, the entire Everton midfield as he turned and ran towards goal. And Gakpo is a lot of things, but he's not going to be the paciest <coughs> player on any pitch. But he had that confidence to do it um, it's, it's, it's a massive deal for us yeah, and you can't help feeling it's a massive deal for us because if anything is going to happen for us over the course of this season we're going to need him to be doing what he was doing last night and I'm not suggesting Cody Gakpo bears the brunt of it but the Cody Gakpo signing bears the brunt of our frustrations because Absolutely. last summer we needed a centre midfield player so we paid 85 million for the striker in January it was even clearer that we needed a centre midfield player and we bought another attacker. So that kind of bears the friend of our frustrations is that we bought two attacking players when we needed to buy somewhere else, isn't it? Uh, and I see, I, I, I saw a stat, Trevor, and it was horrendous in attacking players that's brought in the January window. I think 57% of them don't score for the rest of that season. So it's not a great window to sign uh, attacking players. And, and he's fell under a bit. But what what kicks? I mean, what kickstarts somebody's career at a new club? It can be many things, can't it? But it just looked like that goal uh, for Cody Gakpo completely transformed probably the gremlins in his head, uh, or they were on on the way into his head, and it's probably just disappeared, haven't they? And he, he, you see a different picture, you see a clearer picture. Everything becomes so much easier, isn't it? And, and he looked like that for for, for twenty minutes. He looked. Looked like the player I'd only briefly seen a couple of times from PSV Eindhoven. Is we more looked like that once he got that goal last night. Yeah, and it's there's there are a couple of nice headaches now beginning to present themselves for Klopp. Uh, 
assuming nobody else falls down injured before the next game. And I suppose the best thing to do is to take the the, the show there now and, and go to what's coming up. And maybe we can skip forward a little bit first, because if we look at, at the fixtures, we'll, we'll spend a bit of time on Newcastle. But if we look at the fixtures that are coming up after that, um, it's 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 a it's a it's a hell of a run. So the season for me, I still hinges and I, that's because I'm a dope. Um, a, a romantic dope it still hinges on Tuesday the 21st of February where um, if we can do any sort of a, a a job against Real Madrid and go into that second leg with hope you, you just don't know you, just, you don't know with this club not necessarily with this player these players at this time but with this club you just never know um, as you said then we go to Palace uh, away within four days of that on the Saturday uh, and it's a quick enough turnaround then they follow on uh, March the 1st we're uh, at home to Wolves we're at home to United we're away to Bournemouth and then we have Real Madrid uh, at their place uh, on the 15th of March um, just before uh, the celebrations over here for Paddy's Day. Uh, so it's a hell of a run and games are going to become thick and fast. You would like to think now that, like I said, there's a, a chance that we might actually have more options available to the manager. Um, it was nice to see Bobby Firmino coming on and doing a little bit of Bobby stuff as well um, in, the, in, the, in the last few moments. Um, a lot spoken about with him and his contract and all the rest. So it'd be nice to just forget about that and enjoy him as a footballer between now and the end of the season. Shota looked a bit lost to me when he came on, Jan, but and, and, he, and he has not and had not up to his injury been in a good scoring run at all quite the opposite but we know what the kid can do so that's a wonderful option to have as well not sure it's a bit murky how bad the Thiago injury is but Keita is there to come into midfield as well and spell out for one of, one of the guys uh, who, who was playing t- uh, last night um, Virgil's back on the bench now which means one of those two guys can drop to the bench hopefully uh, against Newcastle and against Real Madrid the options are starting to come in. And Jan, if we're going to get through this period of time between now and mid-March, we're going to need them, right? We're going to need every single one of them. Yeah, and I think there was a few Liverpool fans who got a bit romantic uh, when things weren't going well. And they thought, well, we'll change the team around. And we'll play Keita in midfield, we'll play Thiago, and we'll get away with, you know. It's a bit too early for that, isn't it? So I guess that if, if we're going to hit any kind of form and have any chance of getting into the top four, we're gonna we're gonna need our main guys to return to form. Yeah, I think that's our only hope, isn't it? Uh, will that happen? I don't know, but they are coming back. I don't know what we do with Virgil. Does he play? Does he play at Newcastle and then follow a couple of days later by Real Madrid? Because you know that sort of after long injury, you, your first game is is is, is, is relatively easy, uh, but then the second game can be a bit because you played a game a couple of days. Before. So I don't know what we do. Bobby, nice to have him back. Obviously, they're going to ask him to do take a, a pay cut if he wants to hang around for another year. I think we should keep him. Nine goals and four assists this season. I think he's a very important player. Uh, but options, yes, you mentioned Schotter. Isn't Schotter just in the same position as, as, as Cody Gakpo was before the Everton game? Desperately needs a goal. Uh, he, he, you know, he is he is sort of running around because he isn't a... What is he? Where does he play? He plays a little bit of everywhere, doesn't he? So I think he's just running around trying to find his feet and trying to get involved in the game. He just needs one of those goals, isn't it? It's 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 been a horrendously long time for them. It, it must be horrible if 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 you, it's almost like you're getting paid to score goals in and, and and you don't do it. It's it it can't be a nice feeling. What do you make of the situation that we are currently in? I, 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 the timeline on Diaz is again equally murky. There was a nice little bit of a PR video from the club during the week where he's speaking in English and saying, you know, he's looking forward to being coming back soon or whatever type of thing. But it did have that PR sort of feel to it. Um, what do you think of the current situation where we're in? And like in, in your gut, when you look at this, and again, you'll have lots of parallels in your own career where you're. You've been in teams where everything's fit and fire, and you've been in teams where where it's not. And we've got Mo Salah, who is we know like one of the greatest in the world, but simply not scoring at the rate that he has in the past. We have Darwin Nunes, who just can't seem to hit a barn door, uh, despite the fact that 
all his work and in, in the build-up is always so exciting. Um, we've got Diogo Jota, who we've just spoken about, was not on the greatest of runs. And now we've got Cody Gappo, who hopefully has broken that bad run. Um, if you're being honest, and again, maybe it's contingent on Diaz coming back in time, do you think we have enough there to fire us to top four with all the various issues that are currently around the the, the, the strike force as such? We need to find 20% uh, of yeah. that, there is no doubt. But I think if you look, so we're nine points behind Newcastle with a game in hand. Could we go there uh, and pin three points, then it's game on? Because Spurs are having their own problems. They're also running into a lot of injuries. Uh, so I'm not convinced by by them. So there might be an opportunity. You asked me a month ago, I was 100% sure that Newcastle was going to make it. Uh, but I just think that their focus has been taken away a little bit by this Carabao Cup final. I know that we would look at that and think, well, yeah, great. It's a great day at Wembley, whatever. But for them, it's just a massive occasion, isn't it? And I think possibly they took the eye off the ball a little bit. A couple of disappointing draws against West Ham and Bournemouth, um, which gives me real hope when, when, when we go there on Saturday, isn't it? So I think it's, I think it's game on, Trevor, but we, we now have this little spell before the international break. And, and that's where we need to, you know, we need to crank it up and then get some points in, 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 in those games so we go into that international break because then we can come back on the 1st of, of April and whether we play the 1st or the 2nd against Manchester City, isn't it? But then you're into that really exciting beat. You could be in the quarterfinals of the Champions League and you're looking forward to playing consecutive weekends, Manchester City and Arsenal, you know, so plenty to look forward to. But we need to find another 20%. Yeah, actually, when you frame it up like that, there is the makings of a wonderful half season. And, you know, uh, we still have, you and I, to have a campaign where there hasn't been something fantastic at the end of it or something to uh, uh, be very pleased with and proud of from the club. So, you know, let's hope that the run continues. It does look difficult. If we're being perfectly honest, we look at the fixtures, uh, we look at the table, as you said, the gaps are very, very patently clear. It's a really interesting table, the way it's concertinaed at the bottom, um, you know, between from, say, Wolves down, it's very tight, from Forest down and, and Leicester down, it's very tight, and Palace are only a point ahead of them, and... So from 12 back to, to, to 15, there's only there's only a handful of points in it there. Any decent run could turn that around. But it is, it, 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 when you're in night, it looks like a massive ask. You, you talk about the games in hand that we have over certain um, teams and the team currently in fourth, we do have that single game in hand, even though there is that nine-point nine gap. But with the game against them as well, that can turn around in a positive way to being just three. And then there's a real... You're really back in the mix. Uh, however, the jump then to to United is 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 another uh, five points, um, and uh, where they are in third, but also a game in hand. So it you do start to feel like we could be back in the mix. I'm curious as to what you make of the people around us there. If we could just pause that before we look at the Newcastle game. Uh, the people who are going to be nominally in the shake-up for these um, places. If we start with the team immediately behind us in the league, Chelsea, who've played a game more and have a point less but have like this ridiculous squad who, of course, are capable of going on a run. Ahead of us you have Brentford. Two points ahead of us with a game more played. Um, I think not many people would be back in them. Fulham are also ahead of us with two games more played and three more points than us. Brighton, who are on the same amount of games played, have three more points than us. That's a harsh reality to stomach. Tottenham, who have two more games played than us, are seven points ahead of us. Then there's Newcastle, who are nine points, and United, who are a further... Uh, five points ahead of us, so 14 points ahead of us. Uh, City then 16. Uh, it's interesting to look at that. You could get quite smug and think about our status, Jan, as being first or second for the last while, but that doesn't really count. There's a lot to do there. Who are the big threats to us getting top four when you look at that? Is it just as simple as saying it's going to come down to United, Newcastle, Tottenham? Or do you think any of those others, including Chelsea, might be also a threat for us? 
So if 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 we try and deal with why the teams are where they are, for Manchester United to be in the position that they are, they won to have twelve consecutive home games in all competitions, mm. and that's what took them there, isn't it? Newcastle went on this incredible run of conceding no goals. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. That couldn't continue either, could it? Manchester United couldn't continue to win all their home games and Newcastle couldn't continue to play Premier League games without conceding goals. But they did for a while. I, I think they were close to breaking the records of most consecutive clean sheets, isn't it? Uh, then you take Spurs, who are where they are, because they've had the best start they've ever had to a Premier League season. They've fell off a bit since but they got so many points in the first 10 or 11 games it was a Premier League record for them. Then you got Brentford, uh, who we're all reluctant to believe, but they're unbeaten in 10. You know, And these are the kind of runs it took for these teams to be there. But we've had none of them runs, have we? You know, So I'm thinking that if we could have our own little run, and I think five or six consecutive Premier League wins would be enough to get in amongst them. Uh, so, and, and, and Brighton, I'm not sure what their stats are, but they are on a currently are also on a very impressive run, isn't it? But you can see what the others have done. So we need to do something similar. We need to find a consistent run of, of form and it'll get us in, in amongst the teams who are, who are above us. But I still think that, you know, Manchester United, I think, are shooing for the, for, the, for the top four. And I think it's between Newcastle, Spurs and us. Newcastle, I don't know. A month ago, somebody said to me, I said, they, they, they'll carry on winning games. They're not, they won't carry on keeping clean sheets, but they'll carry on winning games. I don't know whether that is any more the case. And as I said before, Spurs, too many injuries. Um, I don't know. And they got a manager who, is he committed? Is he not committed? Does he want to go back to Italy? What does he actually want to do, isn't it? So we can find that run. I think we'll make the top four. But you know, we can't go to Newcastle now and lose on Saturday, can we? because then it would be 12 points, and that would be an absolute nightmare. Uh, yeah, I think every single toy gets thrown out of the pram if uh, the result goes against us um, versus Newcastle on Saturday. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's right back into the darkness if that happens. And they are the most obvious people to talk about, not only because uh, they're up next, but because they are in that nominal fourth position. And if we look at how they've been getting on, I mean, their last their run is quite interesting in terms of uh, wins, losses and draws. They love a draw, Newcastle. They love a draw. I think they've got four draws and, and a win in their last five games, which I suppose in and of itself means at least they're not losing. But just to to, to lay out for folks what they were, there's all these EFL Cup games in here as well, which you have to acknowledge. But in the Premier League, last time out, they drew one all away at Bournemouth. They had a one all win, uh, one all draw at home to West Ham. Uh, they got past Southampton over two legs in the uh, EFL Cup semi-final. Then they had another draw, nil-nil, away at Crystal Palace. Uh, and you've got to go back to the 15th of January where they beat New, uh, Fulham at home 1-0. Uh, previous to that, uh, they had two cup games. They went out of the FA Cup and they uh, beat Leicester in the EFL quarterfinal. Previous to that, then in the Premier League, it's nil-nil with Arsenal. It's nil-nil with Leeds. And you got to go back to the 26th of December for their last win against uh, equally struggling or very much struggling Leicester City, where they had a 3-0 away win. Um, so... 
yes, the, the clean sheets, Jan, but also a distinct lack of getting over the line in terms of wins. And if they had even two extra wins there, an extra four points, or even say, uh, you know, something something like an extra four or five points, we might be looking at the table and going, yeah, we're, we're, we're bollocks. It's kind of out of the question now. Um, but they have, they are on this run, like for whatever reason, like you say, maybe the distraction of the shiny cups, that's very, very possible. Um, when you look at them as a team, what is what do you make of them? Just to give people an idea who their last lineup was, in case they're wondering what Newcastle looks like these days. Last time out where they had their um, one-all draw away at Bournemouth, they went with Pope. They had Botman and Shar at centre half, Trippier and Byrne either side of them. Um, Willock, Joe Linton and Longstaff, Almiron, Sam Maximan played and Isaac was up front on his own. And then we had um, on their bench, they have Dubravka, Dummett, Anthony Gordon, the new boy there who came on and got a yellow card, Matt Ritchie, Jamal Lewis, Ryan Fraser, Jacob Murphy, Elliot Anderson, Lewis Miley. Now, Newcastle, Jan, have not gone and just splurged the cash. They are very famously adopting this inverted commas sensible approach. We'll see. This summer, I think they might start going a bit crazy. I could be wrong. But what do you make of that, the, the, the strength of the players they have at their disposal uh, and the way in which they're trying to play under the manager currently? Well, I think if you, if you look at those names, Trevor, and I, I, I think you'll agree with me, is that that is the manager doing a really good job with a squad of most of them being average Premier League players. Mm. I think he's done a really good squad. He's got them well organised. They work hard. I think a lot of those players arrived at Newcastle and gone, wow, I want to be part of this, you know, because it is a great football club and, and they generate an atmosphere uh, at home games uh, like very few can. Uh, so I think in terms of that, it's all good. Uh, but you come back to things that was happening. I was talking about the clean sheets before. Almiron being on an incredible goal-scoring run. Uh, I, know, I know he scored at the weekend, isn't it? But he's had a little bit of a drought, isn't it? Callum Wilson being injured again is a blow for him. Bruno Guimaraes being suspended. It's a blow for him. Uh, so, I look and I think, yeah, I mean, top-notch, the goalkeeper, I think he's a top goalkeeper. Kieran Chippey is a top goalkeeper. Sven Botman has run really well as a centre-half. Uh, Joe Linton is reborn as a, as a midfield player. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. I, I just... I, I don't know what I expect to go there and win or not. You just mentioned before, <laughs> they love a draw, don't they? Uh, so I'm impressed with the job Eddie Howe has done but I, but I still think they will not let, let me let me push you on the subject that I sort of um, made a cynical comment about there and maybe that's just me as a, as a cynical fan um, especially in the wake of I didn't get a chance to talk to you about all this city crap we might get two minutes just to get your uh, revised take or if you've got any new new slants on it but what do you think about this idea like it's very like I say it's been famously put out there about the sensible approach Newcastle are going to take despite them having the wealth of a thousand sons um, apparently they're just going to take it really easy and make a plan um, the, the, the yeah right part of me is saying come summer they're going to start splurging cash and it's also saying come summer for all the good job that you've just mentioned he's done there could be a very nervous lad there in the manager's seat because if they do want to they can go and get whoever is the best available person and promise them the sun moon and stars in terms of remuneration so from my cynical perspective that's what i'm thinking does that make any sense to you or do you, or do you actually think there's a real sort of um truth to this idea of they're going to try the, the sensible approach to becoming sustainable and all that kind of thing i think that was the plan uh you know and i and i think that's all we've basically seen is that they've stuck to the plan but what happens to everybody finish the job for this season they, they, they can't give that up can they and to be able to maintain that, we know how expensive that is. So, so, so there can't be any sensible approach. Uh, if, they, if they qualify for the Champions League this year, there can't be any sensible approach. That's the time to spend, isn't it? Because you worked so hard to get there and you can't just give up that position, isn't it? So I think it's really, really difficult for them. Uh, the biggest problem is that they're ahead of time. They're in the cup final and they're in the top four, which I believe is ahead of time. I still think that when you look at squats, they're still possibly the seventh best squad in the Premier League. So they are overachieving at the moment. Uh, but, but, but for how long will the fans accept if they should finish in the top four 
that they don't go out and spend, you know, and dip their toe into that. I know Alexander Isaac was was an expensive player, isn't it? but beyond that, they haven't really spent that much. Isn't it? So it's an interesting story to uh, to follow. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And in terms of the the coach, do you think? I mean, like for all Eddie Howe is highly rated in the in domestic circles and seems to have. Uh, a lot of friends in terms of, of, of some of the plaudits I've seen him receive um, from various media uh, sources as well. Um, again, what's your gut feeling on that? Do you think they, you know, if, 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 if a Conte became available, did they go for him or a, is Tommy Tuchel lurking in the background? Like, what's your what's your feeling on that? I I, I don't think they, they have the appetite for a established top manager. Okay. I think they could be they could I think they could be talked into the new kid on the block, whoever that might be. And a new kid on the block appears all the time, doesn't it? You know, whether that's the Portuguese boy Amarim or still Nagas Man Bayern Munich, whatever it is, there's always a new kid that appears from some way, isn't it? Everybody's interested, isn't it? So I think they more have appetite for that type instead of an established manager because of the the expectation that comes with it, not only from the fans, but also from that established manager. He will have some expectations. Tommy Chokel or whoever else is not going to take Newcastle without them saying, listen, we want to open up for the coffers. Yeah, here we go. Let's go. So, Eddie Howe, I don't know. I'm, he's done a great job. There's been a lot of games I've seen with, with, with Newcastle this year and I haven't actually liked the way that they play. You know, the ball isn't in play much of the time. They they, they terrible time wasters, you know. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of the way they've gone about things, but the points they've gone back, you can't take away from them. I'm going to come back to you for a, a prediction because we're going to finish up a little bit earlier than usual today. But uh, I do just want to, I, I know you've probably talked to Jim about this during the week. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't even in a position to listen to anything, never mind take part in anything last week. Um, I, I just do wonder, with a little bit of dust settling now, um, what did you what's what's your feel on the uh, on the the whole extended Manchester City ongoing debate? Um, we saw Kloppo pretty much sort of. Look, uh, I'm not going to talk about that uh, in response to it. Um, there are very strong emotions about it, Jan. Um, I found myself very much. <laughs> even though you knew it was happening to have the the stuff laid out there as clearly as it is. And then the sort of the responses uh, from the club, and this is where I want to bring it. It was very interesting. I thought to watch the defiance um, and indignation from the likes of Guardiola um, from saying, you know, if they've, if they've done anything wrong, I'll walk to, you know, starting to sneer about how, oh yeah, are we to blame for everything? And he even brought the Steven Gerrard thing um, from an era before he was at the club, um, which is weird because he's always talking about Liverpool. It's just, it's a bit of a weird obsession he has. Uh, you know, basically, are we to blame for everything? Are we the bad guys? And what I hate about this, Jan, is it's going to give them a little bit of a siege mentality. And we've seen Marino do this in the past and it can work for a team. Um, and I don't want to, you'd hate to see them getting anything out of this. As as you sit with it over time, do you find yourself getting more and more annoyed, or more and more just sh- shrugging your shoulders and going, "Look, it's a, it's now down to the lawyers, and they have the best lawyers, and we know what happens here, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be what any Liverpool fan wants. We're not going to get titles thrown back at us or any of that kind of stuff that was floated in the in the first day or two. I mean, as always in cases like this, Trevor, the first people I always think of is the players. You know, and the, the players, the Manchester City players, have done the the damn hardest to win the trophies that they've done. Uh, but I think we always had a feeling that, and if you look at if you look at Manchester City's income and 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 how it's all split, um, there is no way they can have bigger commercial income than than, than Liverpool. It's simply impossible. It's because Liverpool is is still twice the size the club that Manchester City is, isn't it? So you always felt. I just never thought that the Premier League would get around to, to charge them with all these things. I guess by the time we get to court, if we ever do, it'll be watered down quite a bit because City were, were quite adamant that they they have a lot of answers. What they failed basically to do is to cooperate, haven't they? Uh, but they feel they got a lot of the answers to the to the charges that they've been 
been charged with. And so it's going to be interesting. It's going to take a long, long time. So at the moment, I'm a bit, I'm a bit reluctant. I'm a bit stroking my shoulders and go, we know something is not right. Uh, how far will it go? I, I, I really don't know. Uh, but as I said before, I always feel for the players. You know, the players, as I said before, have, have run their hard miles to win their trophies, isn't it? Uh, and then for them to be challenged with this is a bit unfortunate, isn't it? But uh, I just got a feeling that something will happen, something will stick. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get their way out of this one. It's just how severe the punishment will be. But the punishment has to be now and in the future. It's no good going back and taking titles off them or whatever. You know, what I mean, we we got to hurt them and giving them a fine is 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 not hurt enough either because they can quite easily cope with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you on on every front. There, I have to say, it's um, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating that it can't be resolved, and and now the general perceived wisdom is that it's going to take a while, uh, so that it starts to lose all the edge and all the rest of it. Anyway, we should start wrapping it up for today, and to do that, we have to finish as usual by getting your take on the next game. Now, we will be back to talk to you myself and I'll be back to talk to you about uh, the game after but for now we just have the Newcastle game to look forward to and you know we've we've talked a bit about both sides and how they're doing what's your feel on the how the result will go Jan? Well I think you said it before Trevor but I love a draw yeah and uh, I, I look at it and I think it's almost like it looks like a banker draw to me mm. you know and I think we I don't think we'd be jumping for joy if we get a draw, but I think we'd be quite happy to go there and, and, and avoid defeat and keep it at nine with the game in hand and, and, and go from there, knowing that you know they're due at Manchester City as well in a couple of weeks. They're due to play Manchester United as well. So I think we'd be quite happy to avoid defeat. So it just looks like a 1-1 draw for me. Okay, okay, and I, I'm, I'm glad and you answered where I, where I was going to go next. You, you think that you know that's actually not a bad result in the context? I don't think it is, Trevor. We yeah. can't deal with everything. In one go can be. So so the main thing is not to get beat because then the gap doesn't get any bigger. So let's keep the gap what it is and then take it from there and go, all right, listen, have you still got the appetite for another 15? There's another 15 games to go in Newcastle. Let's see if you can do it. You know, because we know we can. Uh, we just need to find our form again. Find our groove, get our groove back, and hopefully we've started that process. Who knows? It's been a lot of false stones this season, but we will look forward to documenting whatever occurs uh, with you here on Anfield Index Pro. So for another fantastic show, thanks very much, Sean. No problems, Trevor. And you make sure you enjoy Copenhagen while I go to Newcastle, and then we'll speak next week. <laughs> I will. Anyone would think it was on purpose, fella. Anyone would think <laughs> it was on purpose. All right, yeah, we will finish it up. That has been Jan Malby. I've been Trev Downey, and we'll speak to you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.